This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsock. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. Hey, I, I, I'm still celebrating hearing that voice. 
Ah, thank you. Me too. <laughs> so great to be back. And uh, as we had been saying on programming throughout the week, thank you so much, all of you Four Center friends listening, just uh, being so happy, thrilled, and vocal about your excitement to have Jennifer back uh, here doing the news with us. And this creates an opportunity where we're going to get to catch up and relive the teaser trailer for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series uh, as uh, Jen gets to slide in the spotlight and share her feelings. Jen, are you excited for just that uh, chance here? Oh, I'm so excited. Can't (laughs) wait to dive in. We got a lot of news coming your way. We are going to uh, talk uh, it's kind of all things Kenobi, and that wasn't the plan, but we had a little bit of a, a, a recording schedule switch that we're working with, What I actually kind of enjoy. I feel like this is 2016 again, friends, because it's like we used to record kind of all weird times, evening times, after day jobs were completed, and and I feel like uh, this is a classic Force Center episode, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh, almost always record relatively early in the morning now, uh, and we are recording uh, in the evening, and I have another returning guest to the podcast with me i have a little bit of whiskey with me oh man oh, yeah. welcome <laughs> <laughs> long time no here fans are really excited for the return of whiskey the whiskey is whispering it's kenobi opinions to me i'm excited oh, i forgot to bring in my hard seltzer i was gonna i was gonna drink a truly tonight oh boy here we go. Uh, jen uh are you you uh get a fifth of vodka <laughs> And the kids asleep. Water. But I will be celebrating with a cider afterwards. A hard cider. <laughs> Love that. Excellent. Love that. Well, we want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We'll get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, or your Kindle or your Kindle, uh, whichever one you have. <laughs> you have it here. A little bit later, our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And as always, Joseph, that's not all. No, we are also offering a large Ken doll, the doll that goes with Barbie that you can listen to audiobooks on. If only that were true. I would love that. He'll read them. (laughs) (laughs) Let Ken tell you the story. Anyway, uh, we have another offer from Insight Editions. They're a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books. They're offering 35% off across their website. If you use this special link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we are continuing to recommend the Insight Editions book, The Mini Book of Lightsabers. It's cute and full of elegant, deadly weapons. What more could you want? If you are interested, use this link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. Use it, my friends. Use it. Uh, Life for Star Wars Adventures. Uh, I, I'm just uh, mine's quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get mine out of the way. Then we're gonna hear you. And then we're gonna give Jennifer all the time in the world for Kenobi. I had to, number one. Uh, I did get to read the Han and Chewie comic issue number one that's out. Uh, shout Whoa. out to uh, Chris, the manager of my comic store, who uh, was. I, I showed up on a Tuesday, and he's like, "The comic comes out tomorrow." Uh, hold on, I got you covered, and uh, everything on the up and up. But he just was. I, I you know. He helped me out and I got to read it on time. Very rare to read Star Wars comics like the week or the day they come out. And I got to tell you, it was it was a pretty good start. There's some big, a big reveal that's kind of going around the Internet that actually may I put question marks on the end of that sentence. Is it a reveal? We'll see. Uh, but a really good first issue really felt like Han and Chewie. And I, I got to say, yeah, round of applause for those behind the comic. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Oh. That's great. That's great. And I think it's really great that we have all learned caution about comic book uh, reveals, uh, given the great uh, Han Solo's married (laughs) (laughs) controversy, lo, those many years ago. Yes. Yes. Santa Solo. Not so much. Not so much. But a great character introduced. And so there's that. And the other final thing is I I, got to share with you both uh, and our listeners. 
I almost was toppled like an ATSD on Endor or an Adat on Hoth by a Chihuahua. Uh, oh. And I was laughing and Gracie had a good laugh. Uh, we were going for our Sunday morning walk with our, our uh, 15, 14, 15 year old uh, Chihuahua Baxter, uh, who is mostly blind now, but he's, he, go, he still gets around. And uh, we had one of those uh, leash moments where he suddenly kind of freaked out wrapped around my ankles <gasps> in such a manner. And then as I try to stop and, and grab him, it, he only tightened his grip and I would have fallen if Grace hadn't been there to catch me. Oh my God. And I was laughing and she's like, he took you down like an Ewok. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> or Wes Jensen and Wedge until he's on Hoth. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, yeah. hilarious. So Star Wars finds its way into your life, even when it's a moment of danger with your dog. <laughs> uh, oh. Watch out for two logs at the, the same level of your head that uh, Baxter will release <laughs> when panicked. Yes, yes. There you go. There you go. So that's my Star Wars adventures, Joe. Those are great. I, I will keep mine short. Uh, one, I'll just be cryptic about. Uh, I'm not even going to explain it. Uh, I read uh, for fun reasons, uh, just for personal fun, uh, Old Man in the Sea. And it made me think of Book of Boba Fett. There was a oh nice relationship between gosh. the two. <laughs> yes. So what that a was great connection. It was fun. It was really, it's the storytelling style. I said, I wasn't going to explain it. Here I am. It's the storytelling <laughs> style. And you know, that just, uh, anyway, uh, connection to youth. Anyway, uh, it's great. Go read old man in the sea and see if it reminds you of book of Boba Fett in that storytelling style. Uh, the real star Wars adventure I had this week that I, that I had on purpose was I wanted to celebrate, uh, Kenobi week by getting another Kenobi action figure I've been collecting, particularly the weird ones. Uh, and I realized that one that was missing from my collection is any kind of wet Kenobi from Attack of the Clones, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my favorite looks. I saw somebody specifically once cosplaying at San Diego Comic-Con, wet Kenobi with the damp hair uh, and the wet robe from fighting Jango Fett. And like, there's got to be one. So I And I found one uh, from Attack of the Clones. So it's this, you're supposed to combine it with Jango and have the big fight. So it comes with like some, uh, the poles. Uh, from Camino, and he has this like force action where you can like stick a tube through him and then air shoots out of his hand. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on and it pushes a thing, but he's packaged. So he's like the, the force push hand is, is down, but it's kind of the hand is all extended. So it just looks like Kenobi's going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's all take a beat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great pose. And he's, he's damp. He's damp Kenobi. So that was my uh, great Star Wars adventures, adding another Kenobi to my collection, my uh, connection, my <laughs> Kenobi collection. Connection. With a K. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kenobi collection with a K. So that's okay. it for me. That's a That's great, great one. Jen, uh, Star Wars Adventures, Life Adventures, and then we'll get to your Kenobi trailer adventure. Yeah, no, uh, not too many Star Wars adventures this weekend. I have um, now, uh, friends, I'm finally doing it. I've become a Star Wars Rebels fan. Mm. I love this show. Mm. Uh, listeners, longtime listeners will remember I did not watch the show when it came out. Mm. I wasn't grumpy about it, but I was like, I don't have time, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I've made the time. And it is it's really, I look forward to it. I, I mean, I've, I've watched a few episodes, you know, over the years, but really watching mm. it from start to finish has been so enjoyable. And I, I've fallen in love with these characters. And the crazy thing is my daughter, she saw me watching it. She got sucked in. She was like, <laughs> I said, okay, it's time to go to bed. She's like, wait, I want to watch another one. And it was so exciting for me because she's not really that into Star Wars. I mean, she enjoys mm. it, but she's not like a mega fan. But this 
finally pulled her in. And I, I don't know if it was Ezra or she, you know, she loves, um, Sabine, because she's, you know, my daughter is like an artist too. But it just mm. was really, it was a moment where I was like, finally, this, <laughs> this is what could be. <laughs> Rebels appears to be like a really great uh, gateway to Star Wars. I think it mm. is maybe the fact that it is this great found family and there are all these different uh, people to see yourself in, uh, mm-hmm. particularly if you're, you're a younger person. Or even if you're not, I mean, geez, it's easy to see yourself in <laughs> in yeah. Hera and Kanan, you know? If yes. you're a middle-aged type person, uh, you can definitely relate to them and they're dealing with their weird found family. <laughs> right, right. But I just, I, I laugh at myself. And, you know, our opinions can change. Mm-hmm. What we what we find great can change. And, and I'm happy to say that it's changed. And I, I love this show. So whatever I said in the past i take it back <laughs> well I'm you know fan. the big thing was was time that's always an issue that's that's just kind of the reality of it here but i think you're right i mean i've been saying i've been going back and, and listening to old episodes of four centers to insert commercial breaks now that we search it and i hear some of my opinions and i just yell at myself Ken, <laughs> shut up right shut up it, it, it's important growth and the nice thing is too with rebels being a show that's out there uh we have uh, one of our listeners mike fink was talking about in our discord he's like i think uh, i think i'm gonna give this rebel show a try you could have joke in there and he is and he's enjoying it. it star wars is always there for you it, mm. whatever is there will always be there you can find it mm. time. exactly well, well said i got it now. what was there one moment that kind of pulled you in jen i i now i'm obsessed obsessed with this here was there one moment you're like aha i got it or just the overall vibe Honestly, it was the first episode in our introduction to Ezra. He reminded mm. me so much of Aladdin. And I don't mm. know if it's because they started off with like, you know, his kind of like street kid background or um, uh, was it Taylor Gray? His, his mm. performance as, uh, as an actor kind of rem- reminds me of uh, Aladdin's mm. performance. Mm. Uh, but immediately I was like, oh, I, I like this kid. I, yeah. I get this kid. I can relate to this kid. And, and like you said, see myself. And that was it. And then from mm. there, I just like jokes. There's so many jokes. and But there's so much heart and like lore that's being shared in a way that my six-year-old can understand it. Mm-hmm. And me, you know, a mom who forgets everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> I remember that. Um <laughs> And it's just really interesting now to like watch all these things and see how they all come together. I mean, Mm. oh, it's beautiful. Mm. It's really beautiful. And seeing what Dave Filoni is, you know, taking and oh, it's just so exciting. Love that. Yeah. I can't wait to rewatch it. I'm very excited uh, to, to dive back in. Yeah, same, same, same. Uh, love that there. Well, uh, that's some great stuff there from you, Jen, but you're not done here. Uh, last week, uh, Wednesday, Joseph and I were about to record. Uh, was a Clone Wars report and some Star Wars ranking. We were going to rank some mm-hmm. things. And suddenly we were both like, oh, we woke up and uh, there's some EW pictures. Let's talk about, oh, now there's a trailer. Oh, this becomes Kenobi Day. Uh, and uh, now, Jen, it's your turn to walk us through that day, the moment, the reveal, your thoughts, maybe questions, concerns, joy. Take us through Jen Landa and the Kenobi adventure. <laughs> I was shocked, as, as we all were, right? Nobody, I was like, oh, cool, some some photos, whatever. Mm. And then I'm like, wait, what? There's there's a trailer, a teaser trailer. And I was I was with my daughters. I was so distracted. I couldn't focus. I'm like, I need just a moment mm. to be able to watch it. You know, I put my headphones on and then I've, I've been watching it ever since and just yeah. finding new things. But overall, I mean, 
<laughs> we talked about the Revenge of the Sith trailer, right? That was the last yep. week when we talked last about week, that. Yeah. How how it gave away everything. This was perfect. It gave it just enough to whet our appetites, right? Let us know what kind of what's going on, but not too much to where we're going to start like putting the plot together, which is always uh, a concern for me. I don't want to know that much going in. You know, I kind of want to know the 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 basic players, <laughs> what <laughs> kind of what's going on a little bit, and then that's it. I, I'd be thrilled if there was nothing else after this, but we know that that's not going to happen. Um, I think visually. What I was surprised by was that it felt very cinematic. And not to say mm. that the Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian are not, right. but it felt kind of, it felt like a, a Star Wars film. And I don't mm. know if it was because we're going to other planets. It just felt very grand, big landscapes. And we're dealing yeah. with these legacy characters, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that was definitely part of it and i think joseph you you mentioned this um in your reaction about how you liked how the trailer takes the values of the jedi which are you know patience and compassion and it like weaponizes it and it makes it what the jedi should be i mean this like what's gonna what's gonna hurt them essentially that was really exciting for me it was a very modern uh storytelling thing i don't know what device i don't know what you call it um but I, I loved that. Um, there, there was just, it was so much. Like, that's why I, I keep watching. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> it's just all so great. And like the moments that were, for me, mirroring the Phantom Menace, seeing Obi-Wan with the Yopi. Yeah. I was like, oh <laughs> my gosh, great. And then they shocked me. We're like, no, we're going elsewhere. We're doing other things. Um, and then seeing the, the young Luke Skywalker, who to mm. me, I honestly, for a moment, I did a, a double take. He was so playful and it evoked the essence of Jake Lloyd in The Phantom mm. Menace. It was really like it really touched me because of how divisive and controversial The Phantom Menace was for myself included. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, this is this is this is what was so great about The Phantom Menace was like the hope and like the childlikeness playfulness that Jake Mm. Wood brought to that role. That was a really beautiful moment for me. Mm. Um, It was just like a warm, fuzzy blanket for me to just crawl into this whole trailer. (laughs) Just like, ah, old friends, new foes. So exciting. Oh, I love I love hearing your your overview because it is ex- getting me excited again and making me think about uh, different ways that I think the trailer is really smart to to show that moment of of joy for Luke to just show that like even in the darkest times there are still joy <laughs> there mm-hmm. is still joy look at that kid playing and yeah I think that the the idea of talking about um, weaponizing the Jedi's compassion that their code is a weakness, right? Uh, right? There's so many different great ways to look at it. But what I thought of, which I hadn't really thought of before I heard the way you described it, is so often fans have approached the Kenobi story of like, so he just sits there for 19 mm. years. He doesn't ever go out and stop anybody, you know? Mm, right. And this gets you into understanding Kenobi's trap and the rest of the Jedi too of like, we mm. really want to help. But if we raise a finger to help anyone, we might make everything worse, certainly for ourselves and maybe the people around us. What a great way to get people into, uh, you know, Kenobi's uh, robes, as it were. Yes. (laughs) His damp robes. His damp robes. (laughs) robes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Jen. I found that Grand Inquisitor uh, dialogue just chilling. Chilling. 
Uh, deep stuff there. How did how, when the duel of fates hits? <laughs> what did you do? Oh my god! I I fist pumped because I was like, yeah. oh wow! It it is a new nostalgia that I now have. Right? Mm-hmm. We all, I, we always talk about the nostalgia of the original trilogy, but now I have this new nostalgia to the prequels mm-hmm. from when I first saw it, and quite honestly, for my time with you guys, like when we <laughs> when we first started that well when i first joined the podcast and so it just felt great it felt like it's all coming together um that's another thing and you guys mentioned that i like that the trailer just no playing games right Mm. here's who you're gonna see yes you're gonna see young luke skywalker here's here are the bat here are the villains the grand inquisitor you know we're we hear the darth vader braiding okay we all know darth vader's coming back like no games. It's all on the table. Because you know that if they didn't show that or address it in that teaser, everyone would be, are we going to see young Luke? Right? Yeah. No. Yep. Yep. We know. It's there. Yeah. It's even in that EW article where they clearly had to like change it because they're like, is Luke Skywalker? Oh, uh, yeah, he is. He was in the trailer. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They're playing fair, uh, I think. I think there's still plenty of surprises left. But, you know, so much of the joy, I think, is going to be how all these pieces come together. But I think they're being very clear about the pieces, you know. And, yeah, yes. look, he's leaving the planet. If you think this is just going to be Kenobi, uh, you know, fight some water pirates, that's that's not going to happen. He's he's leaving the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost as if they went bigger, which, oh, my gosh, hey, we'll talk about that in a little bit about <laughs> yes. them going bigger. Uh, Jen, we're we going to talk on Thursday on the deep dive, the back to tank talk this week. We're going a little bit into the appearance changes in Star Wars, the history of that, how we feel with that. It's a, uh, a fun conversation, but I, I hate to pull you into these murky Dagobah waters here. The Grand Inquisitor, <laughs> you're watching Rebels. Uh, yep. What do you think about the size of his head? <laughs> I don't mind it, you know, and it gets, I understand people are like, but we've already seen it in live action. Right. I get that. But Mm. we, and then I go back to the, the Dave, Dave Filoni talked about this where, you know, when you're bringing something to from animation to live action, it's going to look different just for practical reasons. I don't know if a, if a cone head and, you know, a long (laughs) head, how that would look in a fight sequence. I think it would look kind of silly, to be honest. I don't think he would look Uh as threatening. I think it works really great with animation, but this is live action. We're going to see close-ups of his, of his face and can I mean, come on, think about the memes that would happen if you have this cone head. <laughs> like yeah. it just would be bad. I think that you're opening yourself up. So better for better for some people to be upset about it now than to have like mm. it almost like kind of comical in the moment. Yeah. That's a good point. That's actually a good point. Now I'm picturing uh, Dan Aykroyd as the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? He oh, goes home to his wife, Jane Curtin. Oh. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Great. Not a yeah. conehead. I'm a powin from the planet Utapau. <laughs> no, I mean, you know. Yeah, go yeah, ahead, they look kind of, they, I don't want to say they look silly, right? But mm. it kind of worked with the, the Utapau scene because they're supposed to be very regal. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it, yeah. it's a it's a different it's a different thing when you're going to have them be so intimidating and, and yeah. menacing. Yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. Joseph, jo- I think Joseph and I, we don't want to step on the things we're going to say and reveal Thursday. It's a great cover. We had a lot of fun because our recording schedule. We keep betcha. It's just it's fun. It's a little bit different uh, schedule for us. But we kind of we kind of give the official four cents. Joseph and Ken four center stance on the head. But overall, we really agree with you on it here, uh, Jen. And I think sometimes I said I just was reading. 
uh, for research for the upcoming Star Wars rank, we're going to go to the Art of Mando 2 book. And, and uh, man, there's some fascinating stuff on just all that goes into every design. No decision is small. Doesn't mean every decision might is well received or correct. I, I, I mean, it, it corrects. I don't know. Maybe not the right way to look at it. But th- this was not just like, ah, look, Rupert's here and he's got it. Eh, that's all right. Put him on screen. Right. Yeah. And I saw that discussion. People were like, it's sloppy. And I thought, oh, no, oh, no. nothing no. with Star Wars is ever sloppy. Everything is, I mean, so meticulous. Meetings after meetings. You know that they've had they had so many meetings and mock-ups and even, mm. I'm sure, like screen tests with the actor in the Conehead. We, yeah. I mean, there had to have been. I We're, bet there's at a minimum of uh, seven heads. Yes, <laughs> at right? different heights, like like trying on a you know a, a dress or a suit for a big event. Like which which one? Like I'm sure you could do a fun like rom com montage of Rupert Friend going this head, this head, <laughs> this head, this one. This one. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and 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 never to take away anyone's uh, dislike of something. Uh, you know, whether it be bright colored scooters or whatnot. This to me reminds me some of the stuff you're saying, Jen. Reminds me of my my. Hardline stance on Akbar, where I still get upset if people think he should have been Holdo for no other reason than it would have sounded horrible. Every scene he would have been in would have <laughs> been undercut by blah, 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 blah. I just I forget the rest of it. Just that alone. You just you, you got to think some of that stuff through. And uh, but we, we we love and respect the passions without a doubt. And I love going back to your conversation about Rebels. I love that there's a passion for a character only introduced to us in, uh, you know, 2014. That's yes. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Exactly. All right. That's great. Jen, thumbs up from Jen. Any other awesome. favorite moment? I'll, I'll leave you, let you close it up there, Jen. Any other big moment you loved? Oh, I don't, I mean, there's just, there's just so, there's just so many. I'm really excited about the new, the new planet Dayu, yeah. the mm. um, one that's inspired by Hong Kong. Oh, it just looks so cool. I, I love Star Wars cities. <laughs> it's just yeah. uh, big cities. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be, Really, visually, really cool to see. Absolutely, something different, some but something familiar too. Like you said, Coruscant, Hosnian Prime, and the other place. Exactly. There. there you go. Well, we're not done talking about Kenobi. Let's get to some Star Wars news here, friends. Uh, here is the order. We're actually going to reveal the order. We're going to talk about some Darth Vader. We're going to talk about the Entertainment Weekly. Then we're going to talk about the news that that kind of came out today with the Hollywood Reporter. We're going to kind of talk about the news as it found our its way to our souls. Is the way we're <laughs> going to address it here. We did get a first look at Darth Vader a day after all the big uh, trailer and EW uh, photos dropped. EW also said, "Oh, by the way." Keep keep watching. We've got keep keep reading. We got a, a picture of Darth Vader, and look, it's Darth Vader, and look, it's pretty cool. Uh, he's standing in kind of a silhouette that reminds me a little bit of Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Yet he's got that kind of meditation chamber, reminding me of some of the Rogue One stuff. So let's just go to our thoughts here, Joseph. You see that picture? We we've been around the block a few years. Us here, us here, us, us four center uh, folks. Vader's not new to us, but. Take me to the moment you saw Vader. Oh, I just, I love that photo because it is just totally iconic. It's kind of classic Vader. It's really letting you know, like, the Vader you know, the imposing, terrifying Vader is uh, going to be in this show. But we're not revealing too much, you know, from this mm-hmm. one photo about, you know, a surprise location he's in, you know. Yeah. Um, I love that the the poster is incredibly theatrical. It is um, terrifying, but it also kind of looks like he is uh, about to put on a show, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, this looks like Vader's stage show because he got those red lights. You know, he got uh, the uh, kind of beam of light 
coming from the top like he's in a spotlight his mm. signature steam <laughs> yes as vader walks in a room and just like things uh, start to smoke a little bit it's so great it's so theatrical uh and still like scary so i just love uh the image it really invokes like a monster lurking in the shadows. And I think for me, that's what's becoming so important about Vader. I, I hope you go on a journey with him, but I think it's important that he's in the show because he's he's the monster lurking in Kenobi's soul. You know, he's the thing yeah. that represents everything Kenobi needs to address. Yeah, the shadow in the back of it. You're so right. The, Jen, what do you think about this uh, Spinal Tap version of Vader? Big rock concert here. <laughs> now that you say it, I'm looking at that spotlight. I just want the microphone to come out. <laughs> oh, man. Hello, Cleveland. I'm the Sith Lord. I love it. You know, when I when I first saw this, I actually kind of did a double take. I'm like, is it wait, is this new? Is this from Rogue One? Did I miss something? Uh, but I like that. Yeah, it's kind of a positive to the conversation, right? Like, oh, I think I've yes. seen that before. No, it's brand new. Oh gosh, yeah. It's brand, but it matches visually, and I like that. I like that they're keeping with the same tone. Uh, it's gonna be good. Um, yeah. And I'm looking at those little red lights around him they almost look like eyes so creepy Ooh, yeah Love yeah it. yeah like he's in a haunted forest and a werewolf is gazing back at him <laughs> Bigfoot's yes. tracking him yeah yes did you like it ken did you feel like it was uh enough new or did you like that it, it felt like a a a best of of uh, terrifying vader from empire from rogue one that's a great way to describe it a best of a compilation album of the vaders i've loved before yeah uh <laughs> that absolutely works for me yeah i did and i think i kind of had the same reaction to 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 Jen as to it as Jen did where, uh, you know, I, I, it popped up and maybe my Twitter timeline or something like that, or maybe sometimes, uh, our, our four center friends share stuff in the discord news section. We have, I think I might've started and it's just like, what, what is, did they already release a picture of Vader? Oh yeah. Oh, it is. It's not Empire Strikes Back. Okay. And I just, it's a sense of, of home, a sense of comfort with Vader. And we know he's going to be there. I'm okay with things being held off. If, if all we got was that breathing at the end of the teaser trailer, I'm good. I know what Vader looks like, but it just kind of gets you excited. Mm, it's just, yeah. it's just excited. The toy box is open. That, that, that analogy comes to, comes to mind. And we got a cool new Darth Vader. I always say like, I have on my wall three or four Vader, three and three quarter action figures. Each one of them looks the same, but each one is different to me. This is <laughs> exactly. that yes. Hayden Christensen didn't reveal much in the article. No shock there. But he did say we're going to see, quote, a very powerful Vader. We've talked a lot about what we think Kenobi's journey might be. But what are we expecting from Darth Vader in this series? And I you know, I guess maybe I mean Vader, but also the heart <laughs> beats inside him of Anakin. Uh, a powerful Vader. Jen, what does that mean to you? And what, what are you expecting? I tell you what, this, this is where, I, oh, man. This is, for me, Revenge of the Sith and, and their final battle. Anakin yeah. and Obi-Wan is perfection. Mm. Everything, visual effects, music, uh, acting, right? Story, yeah. uh, dialogue, all of it is so perfect. How do you top that? Right. I don't, and honestly, I don't want to think about that because I don't think that they can. No, but what I would like to see is I think let's, let's see a little bit more of the emotional turmoil for Anakin, right? Mm. So we 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 know where he ends up. We know yeah. that Kenobi's not going to turn him. Mm -hmm. Let's see him plant those seeds, though. Let mm -hmm. let's let's see a little glimmer of the good 
still in him or, or wrestling with that something. I think that that could be really interesting. It would also give Hayden Christensen something to work with because I, I mean, look, why, why else are they inviting him back yeah, to yeah. just be in the suit? Just right. flashbacks? No, I think that they're, they're going to give them something more, which then presents the challenge of what is going to look like a underneath uh-huh. the mask. But you know, there, there's gotta be something there. Um, meaty, right? Cause that yeah. is a, that is a tough scene. To yeah. top, yeah. Mm. It's funny. I, I'm glad you disclosed the your rewatching of Rebels, Jen, up top, because I want to be careful to not spoil any big Rebels moment you're revisiting here. Of just you know Vader and and, and a big moment they have in there. That's one of my all time favorite moments. Where ah. it's just a flash. It's just a flash of 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 the heart of Anakin or, or the eyes of Anakin, and you can interpret it many different ways. But it's, it 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 makes you just kind of sit up straight and go, oh, he, he might be there. If, if there's something like that, Joseph, I, I, I'd be kind of excited to see that executed on a, a on a live action screen. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I I don't I'm not convinced that it will happen. I feel like mm-hmm. they're being very um, careful about managing expectations of how much Vader is in there here. You know, there's right. some quotes from the writer about his shadow is certainly there. And it might be that mm. they're trying to, you know, not overhype people or that they are trying to underhype people. So we're really excited. But in terms of like what I what I want. And what makes sense to me mm-hmm. is I think in Return of the Jedi, when Vader said Obi-Wan's once thought as you do, there's to Luke about thinking there's good in him. There's like there's that little bit of sadness there. Right. That yeah. he knows that his his old friend, his his brother, his, you know, uh, father figure tried to get through to him and mm. Vader successfully crushed any belief that he could. So yeah. I, I'm really with Jennifer. I would love to see a, a crack open up. I would love to see. Um, a moment of doubt from Vader where there is the possibility of even entertaining the idea of trying to turn back to the light and then something crushes it so that we mm. know from Kenobi's perspective, the wall came down. Cause I want, I want yes. Kenobi's firm belief that he's gone. He doesn't yeah. exist uh, mm. to be validated by this scene. But I also really, really want for us as fans and for Hayden as an actor and for Anakin Vader as a character to have that, just that moment of what if, right? Because um, I think Kenobi is is uh, along with some other characters, but Kenobi is such a a uh, challenge for Vader to face, right? Because in his heart of hearts, he knows that Kenobi might have failed him, but Kenobi loved him. You know, Kenobi never broke, and and he Anakin did, and he some deep part of him knows that. And then the part of him, the dark side part of him it's so easy to blame Kenobi, right? Everything yeah. is his fault. And killing Kenobi is killing every kind of weakness he's ever experienced. His inability uh, uh, to defeat Kenobi the first time. Uh, he's slaughtered, Vader slaughtered lots of Jedi, but this is the Jedi closest to him. If he kills Kenobi, then nothing can stop him ever, you know, emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like Kenobi represents a lot for Vader too. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the, this... Uh, if I kill him, I don't have to deal with the truth ever again, maybe. It's, it's I think there's almost like some Star Wars poetry where like mm. Kylo is just so incorrectly convinced by Snoke that if you, the hardest kill will free you. If you kill your father, the most unkillable person to you, along with yeah. Leia, obviously, uh, Leia even more so. But in Kylo's head, you know, I want to be free of this pain. If I, if I kill the person closest to me, uh, then, I, then I can be free. You know, I think yeah. Vader having that thought about Kenobi is really fascinating. Ooh, that's Jen, great. Jen, I want to ask you, I know we were discussing a little bit here, the 
The legacy of Padme hangs over so much of Star Wars, but we don't get a lot of uh, Padme, uh, you know, even not having a mention of her in Rise of Skywalker. Something I know, Joseph, you've said is uh, was high on your list of things you would have liked, and, and I mm-hmm. agree with that statement. Jen, uh, I, I'm not saying I don't think we're going to get a Natalie Portman thing. We kind of answered a question that, about that last week. Uh, you know, love to have a surprise cameo, sure, uh, sure, but I, I just don't see it in a flashback or anything like that, or or a flash forward to what might have been something we talked about too. Padme, the mention of Padme, her still believing in good in him, Kenobi kind of using Padme as I want to say a weapon, but a, like a hey man, like what are you doing, Anakin? Mm. Don't you remember her uh, and everything you guys had? Uh, w- w- what's your Padme thoughts here? <sighs> well, now I'm thinking maybe she might appear in a in a flashback, mm. right? Mm. It makes sense. Um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be out of place. It wouldn't be like, what? Yeah, it would be actually, yeah. it would be cool. Yeah. Right. It would be cool. But guy, now that you mentioned that, it does kind of make it weird that she's not really mentioned mm-hmm. very often. I, I do. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because mm-hmm. I do also wonder if part of that is on the actor's part, Natalie Portman herself, and how mm-hmm. I don't think that she'd be a against necessarily i don't think she's as eager as hayden christensen and and ewan mcgregor have been to return you know what i mean yeah no and there was some yeah yeah there's uh i'm not i'm not spilling gossip or anything but i i think i think she was on board for maybe uh, one of the celebrations and something happened maybe i think she might have even been pregnant during the time she couldn't travel i think there was something like that i think she talked about i've seen clips of her talking about the legacy a little bit more. Some of the Saturday Night Live stuff is funny that she's done over the years. She's not afraid to go there. But yeah, right. and, and, but her her returning to, to Thor was brought up by even some of our Four Center listeners of, hey, you know, she didn't necessarily want to do that. They, you, really, they reused footage for uh, the, the Avengers stuff, but now that she's back in an actual role, like, yeah, times change. Ask Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But they have to mention her in, in this show. Yeah. I feel like they, they have to. If they oh. don't, it's going to be weird, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that her last words to Kenobi was there's still good in him. I think that's got to be a huge part of what is haunting him of. Yes. Was there any chance I could have got through to him? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It it would be uh, at best a missed opportunity to not even say her name. Well, Ken, you should start running for politics. That was very well stated. (laughs) That was very well said. I like it. A missed Uh, opportunity. Please vote for me. Uh, (laughs) I can't do anything to help you all. Okay. Um, Final thoughts here on Vader. Actually, you know, I we, we talked a little bit about the fight. We also made some jokes, uh, Joseph. I think on the fight would be fun if, if they fight and, and it's being billed as a as a rematch. Uh, so we're gonna imagine there's some sabers clashing based on everything that's said, and even some stuff we're gonna talk about in the EW article uh, a little more depth. Uh, Jen, I'll start with you. But um, for an actual fight, you kind of mentioned it. How you Revenge of the Sith, Mustafar? That's big. Dare you know it's it's rare when I will, I will say John Williams' music is underrated. But go back and just listen to the music in that fight alone. It's something that rattles your your soul. Uh, as as maligned as those movies might have been back in the day, that was always kind of praised, uh, similar to the the mall fight in, in Phantom Menace. And then we got we know where that ends up for a lot of real world Alec Guinness reasons and you know and and, and him being uh, knows his way around a sword but he, he wasn't leaping around uh, we've seen the remade uh, you know reimagining of that fight do you want uh, Jen any kind of uh, little column A little column B of the fight where they're still jumping around but maybe it hurts a little bit more <laughs> I would love to see it though my only thing is is that. I mean, if you watched like, oh man, if you watched their training from mm-hmm. the prequels, like it was intense training. Yeah. They were in the 
best shape. I mean, Mm -hmm. Hayden was training, I think, like six hours a day. That's insane. And not to say that he can't do that now, but I know, like, as I've gotten older, (laughs) it's not so easy, even if you're in good shape. Uh, Certainly, you know, 30 minutes is about my max. So, um, I don't know. I want to see see an epic fight, right? I want to see an epic duel. But I, I don't I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how much training they've had. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. here's here's where I'm going, Joseph. If, if, see if I'm off base. I'm almost like pre-defensive. If there's an amazing cool fight, <laughs> right? It's just it, they tear mm-hmm. the house down again. And then suddenly people are like, well, what what what, what happened? Why is it so bad in episode four? You know, I just sometimes it burns oh. my soul. So that's why I'm thinking maybe it could be a cool fight that's maybe a little less intense. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think for me, it, it makes a lot of sense to split the difference narratively and for all those, the expectation game. I, I like the New Hope fight. It feels like a chess match. It feels mm-hmm. like they are testing each other out. And very quickly, Vader's like, wow, you got nothing. Your powers are yeah. weak, old man. And Kenobi is not trying to take it to him. He's mm-hmm. trying to survive and distract him and figure out, you know, where Luke is. He's testing mm-hmm. him, right? Those right. little teasing things. It just like, I, I get all the real world reasons of like the, the lightsabers mm-hmm. barely worked it, it was fencing not yeah. acrobatic it wasn't they were it wasn't like we know this is what it's going to become and we can't do it it's yeah it was you know I, I get all those real reasons i guess the thing for me for this fight i feel like there is a middle ground where there is still more speed there is still more power but it could still be a chess match with like yeah. force moves with throwing things with you don't expect me to cut this ledge out from under you with Ooh. there's a there's a series of fast parries but then we really slow down and it's heavy blows heavy blows so i feel like there's just lots of ways to to choreograph it where there's still power but it's not about that um speed revenge of the sith is about we have been doing nothing for the last three years but fighting a war together right yeah yes. it's so about speed and i think this has to be a little bit about testing each other out about power mm-hmm. uh seeing if it, it a little bit of the emotional rematch and the physical mm. rematch is really happening at the same time you know yeah. what's kenobi's goal is he just trying to is he just is he trying to stop him once for all or is he just trying to bait him you know uh, yeah. there's there's so many interesting ways to go with it for me yeah, yeah. Does Kenobi, does he, uh, you know, slip too close to anger because uh, he's trying to correct something? Is yeah. he fighting, fighting with shame? Is Anakin tr- or Vader trying to tap into more anger? And, and, and how much of it is about making sure it's not, he doesn't get to Luke at all and know anything about, you know, there's a lot of those themes and, and, and stuff that can go into the, the emotional fight, as he said. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited for it. I think I think it's going to be super uh, big and cool, uh, but not about speed. Yeah. I like that there. All right. That's the show, everybody. Talking about, oh, wait, we had a lot more to go here. So the in the EW article, which we also addressed, you know, the last print issue of EW, I understand. I'm not one of those that likes to fight change. I get it. I own a lot of music in digital form now. I, this still kind of breaks my heart. EW is the one that I had, you know, 300 magazines in the back of my car during my college days. <laughs> I had a subscription to it. Uh, but uh, I did read this article and we read this article that came out here. And I love this cover story. I thought that was really good a lot there. So let's let's dive in here. Joseph, Jennifer, I gathered this, have some questions. If I missed anything, anything you want to get to, you mm-hmm. know the drill here. Dive on in. Um, we're going to start here with the both actors, me and Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, the ones maybe uh, talked about most in this, but other uh, articles, inclu- uh, actors, including Moses Ingram, got covered a lot as well. But they both talked about feeling the sting 
of the prequel wars, as we kind of refer to it here, uh, referencing Joseph's great joke from back in his stand-up <laughs> days. Well, still in his stand-up days, but back in that uh, particular time. Uh, Ewan overly credits the wave of joy from the audience uh, that the movies were made for, helping him decide to come back to the Star Wars universe. And I want to start there. We hear that a lot from the performers. Ahmed talked a lot about it of George being right 20 years later. Should have listened to him. It went through hell, but uh, he was right. Uh, Jen, the sting of the prequel wars. When you hear you and talk about that, uh, where where does that take your mind? I feel bad. I feel bad. (laughs) I mean, you know, like I really, I liked the films, but yeah, I had my, my gripes. And when I, you know, when I'm a young person and I just vocalized Mm -hmm. it, I mean, there wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, well, actually, no, that's not true. I did make music videos about it. Okay. So, you know, I've grown. And they're, and they're great. And they're I've great. grown as a person. And now I'm, and, uh, you know, my, fr- my, was it? my frontal cortex has yes. developed. Um, so, yeah, I feel really bad because especially when you watch the making ofs uh, of yeah. these and the, the behind the scenes featurettes and you see all the work that went into these movies, so much heart. It, I have nothing but respect, even if some of the choices, maybe I, you know, those stories or the characters, whatever, maybe it doesn't all resonate with me. I appreciate it as art. And now I, I love them all. And so, um, and I love what Ewan McGregor was saying about how these young kids are coming up and saying, Oh, I grew up mm. with, with you and you, you represent my star Wars. And I thought, Oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm so glad, uh, that mm. they were made. And uh, that we've gotten past that kind of grumpy phase. At least I have. <laughs> yeah, look, we always say it almost to the point. I think all three of us might even be tired of these little caveats of, yes, not everything in the prequels is home run. And yes, there's some things. And yes, 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 yes. But what remains is these is these films that are the heart of Star Wars and, and contain the heart of Star Wars. So I get that. Joseph, when you hear about these wave waves of joy coming at these performers, I mean, I'm talking about you, but... Hayden was basically run out of here. Uh, you know, the, the sad story of Jake Lloyd is still something I think mm. Star Wars uh, mm. fandom has to has to reconcile with. But what what do you think about these waves of joy hitting these performers, Joe? Yeah, it, it does make me really happy because even, you know, back in the day where I had more criticisms or, or the caveats that I still have would be like, yeah, maybe there's some moments where I feel like we could have got even more out of the scene if Lucas was in a mood to to. Talk, have actor talk with actors you know yeah and i think i had already you know i was already acting a lot and directing when these films were coming out so i was kind of felt bad for the actors because i felt mm-hmm. sometimes even like ooh, if that's a choice that that maybe you know could have been better that's not necessarily the actors right and mm-hmm. in in particular i always loved ewan uh because yep. i just thought like he found something you know he's like yeah. okay i'm standing i'm standing on a blue stage and i'm kind of grumpy about it as we know from interviews and i'm looking at something and i don't know what it is but i'll find a way um so i you know i spent uh, a good chunk of the early 2000s going but ewan mcgregor come on yeah <laughs> so amazing so yeah. it makes me feel really really happy that these actors uh can feel this truth that um that people who grew up with them just saw the intent of the films saw what the characters were feeling that those actors crafted and related to those feelings you know and are able to express him and i think it's just great to remember in general with our star wars conversations that time heals many wounds and Mm -hmm. this is great to see happen with the prequels and i think very similar things are going to happen uh with the sequels and and probably solo too where there'll be fans who go like what (laughs) yeah yeah who had a problem with what and why 
you know, mm-hmm. especially yeah. when you're watching the films back to back. But that's a whole other conversation. I think <laughs> it's it's nice that uh, to remember that sometimes if time does not heal all wounds, time heals many wounds. And that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, these ways of joy might not take away those dark moments there. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a point in Ahmed's life. He can't hear all this stuff. And now he gets to hear it. It, it, it warms my heart almost to the point of, of of tears sometimes when I really stop to think of it. And and Hayden had a a, a different experience in Ahmed. They all, they all had different experiences in their own way. And some went on and and had uh, good careers, uh, you know, you and Natalie Portman and, 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 and Spider. But even look at that. We're talking about Natalie Portman earlier of, um, hey, maybe she has to not touch it as much, you know, uh, uh, there's there's more conversations around that. I just yeah, I just like knowing that maybe they can hear it now. And it gives me hope that, you know, I think she's already there in some way. We don't see her thoughts on this a lot because she's on a social media. But that Kelly Marie Tran will be to a point where she only hears the joy and the rest of the stuff is just uh, drowned out and, and part of a, a, a bad experience in the past. You know, I, I think that's the, the healing power of the Star Wars fandom, which uh, you don't hear a lot. You only hear the negative. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, McGregor confirms, I say confirms, but I don't know. I, this may have been else, elsewhere, but that uh, a Stephen Daldry directed film was in development, uh, but solo indirectly and directly changed that before a series was even possible. Keep in mind, I'm writing some of these questions before the other article that came out today. So let's see where some <laughs> of this was. Um, just hearing that, I had weird flashbacks to my time working at some of those movie discussion uh, media channels. Uh, which were great times in, 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 in some ways and horrible times in others, but overall, choose the joy. I had a weird, like, sensory reaction to, oh, that's right, Stephen Daldry, he's rumored to direct, a, oh, God, oh, God, in development, development, and how, how let's do 40-minute shows on this stuff. How, how, did, how did hearing that or reading that affect you both now uh, as you hear it confirmed versus what we might have had, Jen? I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I'm if if that's you know if uh, we all kind of suspected that so getting that confirmation I guess it made me feel like okay but I'm glad it's a series and not a movie mm-hmm. I saw a, a meme saying no movie can be so good that I will sit for four hours and watch it that's too long it should be eight <laughs> 30 minute episodes and that's how I feel because yeah. I, I look I, I watch these after my kids go to bed I can't watch a two-hour movie. I fall asleep. I've been trying to watch Nightmare Alley now for like three freaking days, and I love it. But I keep falling asleep. So just give give me the story. Give me the story in like 40 to 50 minutes, and, yeah. and I'll be a happy camper. So thank, thank goodness. It's kind of perfect timing that this all is happening, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm very happy with the way it is. But Joseph, I mean, that Kenobi movie news, one of the big bits dropped on your birthday. Remember that a couple years yeah. ago? Yeah, I think that was the Daldry yeah. thing that made it, it seem like it was really real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think 2017, I think. It's yeah, so right. it's been in in development for so long. I think there, there's that small part of me that was like, do you want to see Obi-Wan Kenobi on the big screen? Do you want to see Obi-Wan face Vader on the big screen? Mm-hmm. And Jen, I think you're so right. This This trailer really is, feels like it's playing fair of like, this isn't a little side story. This is Obi-Wan staring at Luke Skywalker, you know, possibly being chased by Vader. It's huge. It's epic. Uh, so there's that small part of me. It's like, oh, cool. That'd be cool on the big screen. But honestly, I am much happier for uh, a similar shaped story in six individual episodes, because I think structurally it's going to remain very similar with a first act, a second act and a third act, each act basically being two episodes. And that story construction then gives you so much elbow room to tell one big grand story, but room for 
character depth, room yes. for quiet moments with with Obi Wan processing his pain that would probably need to be cut from a film. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think one of the big things that the, there might be more room for other characters having arcs. Uh, mm-hmm. So fascinated as we talked about a bunch on the uh, our, our trailer breakdown about this new Inquisitor Revo Areva truly being a character in her own right and having an arc. Mm. And mm-hmm. certainly you could have that in a movie, but in a, in a show like this, there's even more room for a character like that to, to expand. So ultimately mm. I'm happy that it's a television show. Yeah. Look, I, there were so many tantalizing things and rumors and gossip coming out about what that movie might've been and could have been and what villain was in the movie. Hey, we'll put a pin in that conversation. Right. <laughs> I, I look at it now, right now, as we sit um, a couple months away from the show, you know, you apply for a job, you don't get it, you're heartbroken. And then the job you really need shows up or the life change <laughs> that you really need shows up. This is where I'm at. I wanted that to be a movie. I was so looking forward. I was so certain it was going to happen. And it all collapsed. And now we got this uh, gift in front of us. Uh, hopefully, it uh, you know, we got six episodes to see if it works. Of course, I get that. But just that teaser trailer alone made me go, yeah, this is this is where I'm happy. I- I'm happy where we're at, I should say. Jen? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. they, and I love that, you know, they can just take more risks and, mm. and explore the characters, like you're saying, Joseph. And there's just, there's just less pressure if it's not a total home run, which I know it's going to be. But yeah, it takes the pressure off. So when there's a movie, there's just so much more pressure. They have to make a certain amount of money, blah, 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 blah. Uh, show a little bit more freedom. Yeah. yeah. And I like Kathleen Kennedy's direct quote about that. And we realize there's an opportunity to experiment in that space without the level of scrutiny that happens when you release a feature. Mm-hmm. And to me, that there she is well aware there is scrutiny uh, from fans about the yeah. quality. And there is a financial stake, right? They want to get yeah. more subscribers for Disney Plus. But I think to me, it speaks to we can take more creative risks. We can maybe be even more connective to the Star Wars world because there's more room to in between episodes to, to Google. Yeah. Who's that guy with the head? You know, um, so I just think <laughs> right. there's I, I like to hear that they are so aware of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that it, it, a path that opened up in front of them that wasn't originally in the plans. The article addresses kind of the switch in writers and the production shutdown in January 2020. But again, after the break, we'll talk a little bit more de- detail about this. But I want to go to this article, uh, you know, with with Kathleen Kennedy uh, was in this article talking about the difficulty of writing a hopeful story during a bleak period of time in the Star Wars saga. And that is not in the Hollywood Reporter discussion, at least it's not mentioned directly. So I want to talk about that. We, we know the power of hope in Star Wars. But uh, Joseph, I'll start with you, man. Uh, this is Kenobi. This is is a dark time. This is a long, dark tea time of the, uh, of the soul here for him. But hope has to exist. What do you think about uh, Kathleen saying this was good enough reason to shut it down? Uh, I I am personally really okay with that. I think that uh, Star Wars can have a ton of bleakness. Um, Revenge of the Sith is a very dark movie, but, you know, it ends on hope. And I think that's kind of a, a part of it is it, it's not about like, let's count uh, the screen time and we have 50% bleak and 50% hope. I think it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, or Rogue One is another example of like a, a horrible time. All the characters, all the main characters die. Spoiler. But it mm. still ends on hope. And I think it is much more about like, well, the message really has to be uplifting. There's a lot of great storytelling that is just um showing people in pain uh, as a way for us as humans to express that and to have catharsis, to see somebody else go through uh, different kinds of pain. Um, And I think that's a valid kind of storytelling, but I think Kathleen Kennedy is right that the heart of Star Wars is to find hope even in the bleakest time, you know? Mm -hmm. And I like that that's so what the trailer's about, of the victory that's at stake is Kenobi's soul. 
can, can he find a way to uh, forgive himself and think more about the future than, than, you know, um, beating himself up about the past. Um, mm. So I, I think it's great. Final thought on this. Uh, I think a lot about revenge of the Sith because before it came out, I had this idea that, Oh, I bet it's going to be the star Wars poetry that Lucas likes so much. And it's going to end on a shot of Palpatine invader. And that would be like this great poetry, the way that, you know, the original trilogy ends with the heroes, right? Mm. The circle will close in on the villains cause they won. And you know we, that shot was coming in the in the film, and it's like, mm. okay, I guess it's going to happen. And then it's like, no, it ended on hope, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. It ended on the image of mm. you know Leia and Luke, and but the story isn't over yet. And I just, mm. I just think that's really important that even the bleakest Star Wars movies have always ended with hope. In the case of Rogue One, literally the word. <laughs> literally, mm. literally the word. Yeah, and we don't know. The, you obviously don't know the details of of the ending. It's not like Amini's a, a scripts ended with uh, everyone dead and Kenobi going. Why? We don't. We don't know that. It just seems there's some bigger things at play. But I, I really think the core of uh, what Kathleen Kennedy here is saying is is right about uh, the way to do it. Jen, uh, hope is uh, without a doubt big in Star Wars. Uh, is that is it is it big enough to stop a production in your mind? Absolutely. And I think that Kathleen Kennedy is so smart and knows what Star Wars is about. Star Wars is all about hope. And you can have these quote unquote gritty moments, but without hope, it's not Star Wars. So, and you know, it makes me think of of the Revenge of the Sith, the behind the scenes featurettes where you see Mm. George Lucas talking about very often making sure that everything that Kenobi's doing in episode three is consistent with where he's going to end up in episode four. I mean, hair and makeup, you know, they're like looking side by yeah. side at Alec yeah. Guinness and Ewan McGregor. They're trying to match it. Ewan McGregor says, I'm I'm studying Alec Guinness's performance in A New Hope. I, I'm trying to, you know, get his mannerisms to make sure that it's going to fit, it's going to connect. And I think we're seeing that again here, even more so, right? Um, so I think that she saw, like, you can have a, a broken down Obi-Wan who is suffering this loss and, you know, betrayal, all this, um, this dark emotions, but he's got, we got to end on a, we got to get him away from that because we know where he's going to end up. Yeah. You know, otherwise he's just going to be like, oh, why am I going to watch this kid and just go back <laughs> in his, you know, king? So, so I think that's just really, really smart of, yeah. of her to do that. I mean, it, it's bold to shut down production. I mean, that's, she was like, no, we got to get this right. And I'm so glad that she did. That's amazing. Yeah. More, more to come on it. And, you know, I always say that line, I, I, I'm not in these meetings. And I, what I mean by that mm. is, you know, anything could be, you know, there's so much that we just don't hear and so much pops mm-hmm. out and it's fun gossip, but it's behind the scenes. It's inside baseball. And I love it too. I just, I will stand by the idea that uh, she has made some tough, tough decisions and done it to protect the heart of Star Wars and and that's that's a hill I'm prepared to die on with her. Other debates and box office returns and this and that and direct, we can have those discussions. But at the end of the day, I, I do think that's what she's proven uh, to have done time and time again. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Yes. Writer Joby Harold talked about the series uh, also being about the Empire in ascendancy. The Empire is a distant, powerful villain in Solo. Something we kind of like here. We get to see the actual oppression of the Empire and and, and where that. Uh, 
you know, where and who it affects in the galaxy. Uh, what do we expect about the series uh, and the Empire? Uh, and what they're going to do with it. They're all over the trailer. We've seen stormtroopers. <laughs> we know the Inquisitors are coming. Uh, we go to Fortress Inquisitorius. There's, they're without a doubt there. I, Joseph, you know what I mean? Like, are we seeing the inner workings? Is it still at a distance? How close can Kenobi get to Indira Varma and <laughs> Imperial officers? Like, how do you want that to, to play out? Are any thoughts there? Yeah, I think for me, like what I love about Solo is it, it makes it clear that uh, the Empire is complicit with the criminal organizations terrorizing people, right? Mm-hmm. And so it is like the Empire going like, we don't care, do whatever you want. And and look, we, we're even coming to your, your yacht party, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> Crimson Dawn's yacht party there, Dryden Voss. Uh, and we see like with, uh, uh, you know, Han's life on Corellia that the, the structural oppression of the Empire is making it impossible for people to just move about and make choices, right? So mm-hmm. we see that, that kind of stuff that's real structural. Yeah. It feels like from the trailer, I think we're going to see that part where the Empire just is straight up hunting down and torturing not just Jedi, but average citizens who dare to defy them in any way, right? I think it's just mm-hmm. going to be a little bit more of the, not the slow structural rot, uh, but the, hey, if you don't do what the Stormtrooper says, you die on the street, period, now, and we don't yeah. care who saw. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that. I would love to see a little bit even of... It is dangerous to even say Jedi like that. Mm -hmm. It's not just hunting down the Jedi. It's the like they're going to be wiped from memory because if you speak of them, if you think of them, a stormtrooper might be at your door. Yeah, Jen, I love what Joseph's saying here. It's it's a very cocky empire potentially, right? And 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 I love the use of them in Solo, uh, but it was was at a distance. It was uh, like Joseph said, attending a party here. Uh, yeah, do you, do you like this idea of the empire kind of being very bold, not worried about anyone or any sniffs of rebellion? They're going to do what they need to do or feel they uh, can do. I love that. It, it makes it really, really scary and very real. Uh, And I think that that is exciting to see. It adds a lot of conflict, obviously. And, you know, unsurprisingly, the Empire attracts people who crave power (laughs) and who kind of want to make their mark by doing ruthless things and and being brutal. Um, You know, I'm hoping maybe we'll see some of that uh, kind of infighting. Who's going to prove themselves? Who's going to be the most ruthless, right? Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love to see that. That would be really um, scary. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this, this uh, Reva, Reva, the third sister, this ruthless ambition is, is uh, as they keep describing or keep saying she's uh, ruthlessly ambitious. I mean, that yeah, that just speaks to she's going to do what she needs to do to, to rise in the ranks and, and get, uh, get the deeds done. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the Kenobi series will have more connections, thematically more than literally, but even potentially literally, uh, to the prequels. Uh, no surprise after Duel of Fates comes blasting out of the speakers in that teaser trailer. Uh, and, and not so many connections to the emerging Mandoverse. This is even kind of coming from Kathleen Kennedy herself. None of this, I would say, is a surprise other than, hey, other Ahsoka always hangs over any, you know, over every show now. And, and I mean that in a good way, but could she show up and clearly connected to Kenobi and Anakin and all that kind of stuff there? But uh, I, I kind of like that, uh, that, that idea. Not that I don't love the Mando verse, Jen, but but you'd mentioned it. This kind of new new nostalgia for the prequels, this prequel era, Revenge of the Sith. There's so many things there to draw upon in this series. It just makes sense for it to have a, a little bit of its heart in the prequels. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I and I think that what I like is that the the Mandoverse is kind of proving itself to be its own thing, you know, with with mm. Dave Filoni and John Favreau. They're they're kind of off in their own little corner, and that's what's so great about Disney Plus is that we can do that, right? We can have all these separate stories going on in different parts of the galaxy, different timelines, and to me, that's what makes it it's much more freedom as opposed to having, Oh, here's another trilogy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And in, in terms of a movie, um, it absolutely should be connected to, to the prequels and the clone wars and the rebels. That's what is going to make this. If, if you know all that, that backstory is going to really make these scenes that much richer, that much deeper. Um, and I mean, that's why I'm watching rebels and I'm rewatching <laughs> the clone wars as well because wow. they are a yogi. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my dissertation, but, but you really can start to see when you start to really dive into all that, you mm-hmm. see just how thoughtful they are with which characters are pulling from that, which storylines are making its way to live action. There, there is absolutely a plan. They are being very thoughtful. Um, and it just makes me really excited about this new future of star Wars, the Disney plus future. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, yeah. And, and yeah, Bob Iger's glad he's he's still glad he has your subscription. Um, the other Bob <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, and Joseph, a kicker to you here. But one of my things uh, we always talk about food here at Four Center. We talk about the salad bar, <laughs> the buffet of Star Wars. I love this uh, Mando food that they're serving us here in this Mando verse. Can't wait for more. Want more? But I also kind of feel you know you want. There's some people who don't love all these connections or want. And, and now we got this. It is a different meal set in the same uh, same restaurant. Yeah, and, and I think that there's like the obvious kind of plot threads to talk about. Uh, there is the like, yeah, maybe obviously plot threads from the prequels are literally going to be picked up. Uh, there mm. are certain characters who, yeah, they're technically alive and, and running about and maybe they could show up and all that. But for me, what's more powerful is that kind of uh, thematic idea of the yeah. entire Mandoverse is predicated on it's a couple years into a stumbling new government. And mm-hmm. everybody is, everything is shattered and everybody is considering what should the new version of everything be? What should the new version of Mandalore be? What should the new version of the Jedi be? What should be the new version mm-hmm. of the Outer Rim, the new version of Tatooine? Everything is about people finding that. And I feel like for me, the ultimate story of the prequels is that it's an entirely different time frame that in which everyone was manipulated into giving into fear anakin personally but also the republic the jedi and for me it's an era where fear is everywhere it's not just kenobi who's who's dealing with it it's everything and everyone everywhere so i think for me when when i hear deborah chow talking about that i feel like it's this really digging into how does just uh, your average person on dayu feel Mm -hmm. based on what the state of the galaxy is and i'm really excited about if this is a story about hope it really feels like um obviously a new hope is a story about hope but about answering all of that fear that happened in the prequels yeah yeah, that the trailer line uh uh, the 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 title of of you know between uh you know darkness and defeat right oh man i Mm -hmm. I love that the use of those really sets the tone and we we talk about yes star wars is about hope and and hope versus fear but i love the idea of finding hope underneath all the fears that you might have is still part of it too uh so i'm there for that there uh as well there setting it up jen it's a little dark right darkness and defeat here we go gonna get dark we we need that hope we need to connect to that (laughs) you know yes absolutely 
Any other thoughts on this big article? There's definitely some things I'm probably leaving on the table here, but we don't want a four-hour episode. Uh, just <laughs> if anything I'm leaving behind or anything you want uh, to discuss. Just real quick, I, I, I like the discussion uh, of uh, a little bit more discussion of Reva, and I like talking to the actor. Uh, and I just want yeah. to share this this quote and just to highlight it of uh, from from uh, Ingram. Uh, we had a lot of conversations about hair and what the right hair might be. Deborah was really great about moving from the initial vision to what we arrived at for Reva's hair. I wanted kids to have their own hair at Halloween, and that's huge. If you look at all the black kids with kinky hair, when they want to be Elsa, they got to put on a blonde wig. Uh, there are so many kids that will be able to wear their hair at Halloween. That That's going to be really exciting thought that was just like a really uh, great uh, uh, insight from the performer playing this new Inquisitor character uh, about really explicitly some of the uh, the concrete power of representation. And I thought that was a great detail in this article as well. Yeah, and I think a reflection of, of a really great creative process there too uh, uh, to, to, to have that happen. Jen, any thoughts on, on that great statement? Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's a, it is a collaboration that they are open to that, it's incredibly important. I think it speaks to also who who the director is, Deborah Chow, uh, and so I think that that is that is key. You know, who are the people in power making these decisions? Who are going to be receptive to when mm-hmm. your actor comes to you and expresses that? So yeah, yeah, very very exciting indeed. Great stuff. Looking forward to uh, rooting against her, but for her at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> right. really, really excited for this character as well. So looking forward to Moses Ingram uh, and everyone, Hayden, uh, you and uh, every one of them. Uh, you know, we definitely know Quinlan Voss is showing up. No, we don't. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Well, we're not done yet. We're going to take a quick break on the other side. The breaking news that hit today. Uh, well, uh, Today for us, yesterday for all of you. But before we do that, we're going to have a Force Center Recommends, an audio book we think you should try out on us. Uh, Joseph, what do we have today? We are recommending the next High Republic adventure, Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland. It's uh, on my reading list. By that, I mean it's uh, pretty much in my hands. I'm going to start tonight. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Force Center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. On the other side, uh, we're going to get to, I almost said your questions again. It's just the news show. We've got that switching format. Can get used to it. We're coming back with another news story. Stick around. This is Force Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Force Center. This is our news show, breaking news from a galaxy far, far away. And this was kind of breaking news. Uh, we joked up top, a little switch in our recording schedule today, which was, again, one of those things. The Force led us into the direction we needed to go because now we get to talk about this story the same week that it uh, kind of hit the public here. But uh, breaking news, upcoming TV show went through a development process. There you go. Wow. Shocking. Thanks, uh, Padlow. Hollywood Reporter. All right, Hollywood Reporter. I'm trying not to be too cynical, but they broke the news today. I, I, I use that phrase. I don't even know that's accurate, but they put out a story today. Uh, Aaron Couch and Boris Kitt, who are our professional film journalists, to be clear. I want to you know, who do a lot of great work. This is not anything against them. Uh, they had this story. They put it out. Uh, and this story was that the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi show that we've been talking about went through some development changes. Again, we're all on the floor. Let's pick ourselves up. Let's dive on in. Uh, first of all, I want to do this is this is this is for me. This might be for me, and I don't even have a hard seltzer coursing through my veins. Uh, let's do a podcast crew tone check here. How do how do we feel about this story being news, particularly in 2022? Mentioned the Daldry stuff, flashbacks to the news coverage of old. This is years and years of this. Is this news? It's an interesting article. I'll start here. It's an interesting article that I love a lot of the things in it. What is this news, Jennifer? No, I don't like it. You know, I just am like, save, save if they're, and I don't, uh, it's just like you're saying, it's just typical development things that happen. Uh, but if there is any quote unquote production drama, I want to see it in a documentary. Just, I, I know they don't do yes, that anymore. Yes, yes, yeah. You know what I mean? But I would love to see a behind the scenes book about this documentary where they're, where they're sharing all this. I don't, it just, eh, 
Yeah. I don't know. Quite frankly, it was probably nothing. <laughs> it was just probably one conversation that now got blown into this big uh, discussion online. I just find it a little, yeah. a little bit silly. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get into some of the, you know, denials, this and that, some of the stuff. And I just, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm not going to lie. This comes out in a book, Chris Taylor's second book. We always joke about our buddy, Chris oh, yeah. Taylor's great book, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. Yes. I, I would not only read it. I would tell everyone at parties, have, have you read the book called Beneath the Robes, the story of the making of Kenobi? <laughs> it, it would be my absolute favorite thing. I love these kind of books. I love these kind of documentaries. I just think uh, it spins out uh, from the internet and becomes something that it, 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 it isn't, uh, Joseph. And I know I'm trying not to be too grumpy about it because, again, things in here that I was like, ooh, that's tasty. But I just think overall that my mood was a little soured by this today. Uh, my, my whiskey is being a real jerk about it, just whispering <laughs> awful things to me. So I got to I gotta tone check Mr. Whiskey. Uh, I'll tone check myself, too. Like, yeah, no, these, these are uh, entertainment journalists doing their job. But this was a weird article to me because this wasn't like a hard event. This is, wasn't like a director is fired or an actor was injured mm-hmm. or uh, this thing that's about to premiere actually just fell off the rails today, you know, or, mm-hmm. or last week. You know, it, it didn't feel like... Um, it didn't feel like breaking news. I agree with you both. It feels like this is interesting behind the scenes making of details. There's nothing Mm. sort of flashy about it. Um, I also felt like it was interesting because the article really led with mall, but it was kind of about a different things. And and so many kind of different sources were cited that I was even unclear reading the article of like, were were the, were the same sources weighing in on the same elements of the mm-hmm. story so i just yeah. kind of felt like there was a lot going on and some of it was like for me we'll talk about the details but some of it for me was like i can see how maybe somebody construed that but i'm not sure if that's true and other parts are like well that's i i see that that is likely um and i walked away from the whole thing wondering is one of the sources mall is is mall real <laughs> is darth mall real it's and not, not even ray park reporter <laughs> yeah it's not ray park it's it's mall himself mall oh, yeah, i'm not saying that about ray park i'm saying that about mall himself <laughs> See it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Jen, did I cut you off? No. No, no, no. I could see it. Because mm-hmm. he knew that. I was yeah. hoping to Yeah, he's got that great line in Clone Wars as if I was hoping for Kenobi. He called up and he's like, I was hoping to be in Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, did Whitworth do one of his uh, in-character tweets he sometimes does? And that became a quote. Yeah, no, he, for me too, there's some of this uh where some of my grumpiness lies. And again, there's things I want to talk about. Favreau, Floney, Chow going to them, Kathleen Kennedy. There's some fascinating things. I'm not gonna deny that. I just I think I've grown I and I don't want to speak for you, Joseph, uh, but I, I think we are in the same ballpark and, and Jen dive on in here. If you are or not, let us know, I, you know, as performers, as, as a stand-up comic, uh, do, are you judging my jokes off the post-it note? I wrote at three in the morning when I had a joke idea that, that, yeah. that if you pick that up, like, Oh, this joke's not funny. Yeah. I'm not done. I'm not done writing it. <laughs> give me, give me a second. I just think some of the stuff, even some of the stuff you, well, Lucas was going to have mall and his, you know, you don't know how far down the path he got. And, and I think some of those elements are showing up in other ways, too, with, with some of the stuff he was talking about in that Star Wars Archives book. I just think that's where I don't have a problem with the article necessarily. I don't have a, definitely don't have a problem with the professionals putting out this, this article. I just that becomes the conversation I become tired of is you're looking at a post-it note. You're looking at something you don't know at which level it was developed. And, and that's where I think I take issue with some of it. Yeah, I think for me, too, I think we're living in a world where, you know, there was kind of this window for a while where uh, a lot of Internet discussion assumed that any reshoot that happened meant the the film or television show was a was a tragedy, a train wreck. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of creators had to come out and say again and again, 
reshoots always happen. That's, you know, part of the process. Mm. And I also just think there's this, there's this human psychology. If you got the thing that exists, you're always going to be a little attracted to the mystery behind door number two. And I think these kinds of stories Mm. kind of play into that psychology that's natural where you imagine the thing that didn't happen must have been better than the thing that's real <laughs> mm-hmm. because the thing that isn't real, that's it, just imagination. You know, this is sometimes why, why writers I think have like a ton of writer's block you come up with an idea and you love it and you don't have to deal with any of the problems yet. Cause it's not yeah. real, you know? And I think it, it plays into that psychology and it, that mm-hmm. is making me feel like I hope everybody takes this with a grain of salt. Yeah. Jen, you've got some great TikTok videos out there. Could you share your unedited drafts? Oh God, that'd be terrible. That'd be terrible. You know, the whole, you know, like you're saying, the whole article is confusing because it's like, it says that one source says that he was on set, right? And he was involved in stunt training. And then the source says that it may have been shot, uh, but it could have been test footage. But, you know, mm-hmm, uh, whatever mm-hmm. the case, Park was back as Maul, or so he believed. Who believed? <laughs> Ray, Ray Park? The source? Yeah. the source right exactly is and then they're then they're saying the gender of the source I, the whole thing is very confusing yeah. um yeah uh, yes. that's uh, confusing is a good way uh, but again some interesting stuff in there but the article also has a denial from lucasfilm within it all right you could say that's that's for the course uh, some employees one in particular has been out there on the internet today saying hey, it's a bull roar uh it's <laughs> it's bull roar and, and look there's some timeline things with me too rebels uh, you know, things talking about that, that movie and, you know, some things I'd heard about Australian screenwriters saying this and that, and Vader was definitely going to be in it. That, that stuff I heard in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but that doesn't even, even, that was the end of the development process. Maybe they went from Vader to mall to something else too, or a sing, who knows? Uh, but, uh, does that change or maybe confirm some of your thoughts on it, Joseph, when you hear some of the bull roar tweets going out there? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, when there is, you know, sources closer to it um, who are, are, you know, causing uh, some doubt on it. And and for me, again, it's not I feel like the the story itself is causing doubt on itself because it seems unclear of who thought what, when (laughs) about Maul and why. Um, So it feels like a lot of it could be uh, a lot of sources like there's a nibble of something and then a lot of sources have a little bit of information and it adds up to a weird picture. I've told you before, Ken, I can't remember Jennifer, if I ever told you a couple of, I think beginning of 2020, I had a meeting with my manager uh, at a patio of a coffee shop and no names, but someone involved with Lucasfilm was loudly discussing things that were happening. <laughs> um, and like, I, I was having a hard time paying attention to my meeting because I was like, I can't believe this person is saying those things. And I could call somebody and go, I heard these, right? But I yeah. only heard somebody's opinion at a coffee mm. shop, you know? And it's only a tiny slice of the picture. And it feels like this article is maybe has those kinds of like, it's a part of the picture, but not, but the parts aren't adding up to a whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, it, it, yeah, I'm trying to, I don't even have whiskey in front of me. I'm trying to pull back there. Uh, um, uh, but let's, let's talk about the ideas. Let's say, uh, you know, let's say it is all true. Let's say Ray Park was standing on the set down there. Uh, actually, they shot most of it uh, up in Pacoima up here off the fly free. He's standing up there in Pacoima going, where is everybody? Where? I thought I was small. I can't dress this small today. <laughs> all right. Let's, this, I don't even know. They can make it. We always say, like, let, how they execute the ideas. Give me any idea, Do you, Joseph. I don't even think that works for me. It's an incomplete idea for sure, but it just doesn't line up with 
Kenobi in this time period. Yeah, I mean, I think the the possibility of Maul being involved, I still think, yeah, maybe he is. Maybe yeah. maybe there's a flashback, right? A, or a mm. memory or a yeah. nightmare that Kenobi is having. Maybe even it's a live action uh, recreation of an animated moment. I would not be mm. at all surprised for Ray Park to have filmed some Maul stuff for this. Um, that, that's uh, you know, sorry. That's also a good point too. Yeah, it may, maybe he films a flashback as a teen death or something. You know what I mean? I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think so. I think there's like a lot of possibility. Like, yeah, he he filmed something, and maybe even that got cut. You know, um, but I I just I do personally doubt that he was ever the antagonist. Um, you know, it, it's been pointed out that the twin sons episode of uh, Rebels that deals with Maul and Kenobi confronting each other um, would have been that story would have been ironed out in 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to have a script on the table in 2020 that really, really fights with that episode, I just Mm -hmm. don't feel like it would have gotten that far into development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's a a, a good good tweet that came out from the bull roar guy uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh uh yeah jed jed uh, i want to give your chance to your comments your thoughts on mall uh and uh, can't wait till you get to the twin sons episode if you haven't already seen it i know you know and i i saw it w- way back when okay okay good, good. but it it doesn't have this you know there's something about uh, watching the show from beginning yeah, to, yeah, to the end that obviously yeah. makes it much more meaningful um so even though it was it was a great a great um, episode. Yeah. So yeah, it, I mean, obviously it doesn't make sense for him to return at all. And the fact that, that an employee came out and, you know, said, no, that mm. never happened to me. They don't, they don't chime in that often. I mean, they no. might be kind of do it in a cryptic way, but if somebody unequivocally says, no, that's not true, then yeah. I, then I believe them. You know what I mean? Especially in 2022. This isn't 2015 where a lot more people might be out there on Twitter uh, with Lucasfilm uh, employee badges tweeting stuff. They've all pulled mm. back for such good reason. Yes. Um, they know what they're risking when they come out and go, no. Right. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, and as far as the idea, like, like could Maul show up? I, again, the flashback thing, good, or some use of him. Yeah. But I, this is Maul and Kenobi are very much intertwined. This we know. I just in this particular time to clarify a little bit more what I what I mean here is don't get me like K- Kenobi matters to Maul, but Maul doesn't matter K- to N- Kenobi as much, even though he's mm-hmm. done horrible things to him. But if that makes sense, at this point, ten years after, Kenobi's not going. Ah, oh, Maul, he's going Vader. He's going Anakin. Maul's yeah. over there going. I hate Kenobi. It, but it's like a one sided rivalry at this point. <laughs> it picks up right. steam later on. <laughs> Maul forces himself back into the picture. Uh, which I love, some of my favorite stuff. But you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm off base there, but yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I, I think that's a great way to look at it as well, just uh, storytelling-wise. Uh, even mm-hmm. if the uh, the Twin Suns episode didn't exist, that for me, we're going to talk more about, you know, Vader being in this, but it, Vader matters because he is a, obviously a character, but he's also a symbol of what Kenobi needs to get past. And Maul is just this, you know, Kenobi is just like, what? I have another arch enemy. I got Maul. I got Grievous. I collect people who hate my gut specifically. I'm used to that. Right. It's Vader that represents every all of his failures. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, absolutely there. All right. So this article paints Favreau and Filoni as ha- having major sway, what the people have always wanted, right? And uh, I'm joking a little <laughs> bit there. But it was really interesting. I, I do find this sort of chain of command fascinating. And it's understandable that the, coming off Mandalorian, uh, Deborah Chow uh, worked with them and 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 now she's got her own show here. And 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 I would I would 
completely expect that she'd go, I don't know. Are these scripts working? Dave, John, uh, you know, stop making quesadillas in, in John's kitchen here. Let, let's let's talk about these scripts. Here. I, I like that. I, I, I think we want that. And and uh, then they the, it goes to Kathleen Kennedy, even going back to some of the points earlier. She's agreed. She hears them out, uh, agrees to stop the production. They switch writers. So uh, that's the overall picture of it here. Joseph, what do you think about Fro- <laughs> Favreau, Filoni, quesadillas and Deborah Chow? Uh, I already had dinner and I'm hungry again. Um, <laughs> I think that. Yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense. There's a relationship there. It, it sounds more like a, hey, we're all playing in the sandbox. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm looking for a second opinion. What do you think? Um, I think they're, you know, from different uh, behind the scenes uh, specials. I think from like the art of books, the beginning of the art of Rise of Skywalker it has a bunch of different quotes from meetings about people discussing like the mm-hmm. big picture stuff. There's that great quote from Filoni about really concentrating on the mother figure of Leia. Like yeah. I think that we get all, all caught up in a lot of the, the internet uh, uh, fervor of who should be in charge, who made this mistake, who should we blame, who should right. we kind of elevate. Um, and, and I think the answer that I see is that there is a little bit of a, Hey, let's discuss this. And like, obviously mm-hmm. each project is somebody's, um, but th- let's discuss this. And this doesn't feel that like revelatory and shocking to me. You know, mm. it, it feels totally like natural and what a lot of people might do if they were in Deborah Chow's shoes of say, what do you think? Yeah. Especially if there's a thought of it's not working. So, Jen, you've been part of a lot of creative processes. Uh, this all check out for you here. And do you like the idea that the man in the cowboy hat and John Favreau uh, have this kind of sway right now or might have this kind of sway? I love it. You know, it reminds me of of J.J. Abrams when he showed Ava DuVernay a cut of The Force Awakens. He's like, this scene is not working with mm-hmm. Ray, you know, mm-hmm. and she shared her thoughts. And that changed that changed that moment uh, with Ray. You know, what was it? Uh, anyways, so yeah, in the final duel, there was something there, right? Wasn't ex- there? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're closing her eyes and concentrating the slowing down. That's it. Yes, that's that's right. it. So that was Ava DuVernay who who suggested that. And, and I think it's really smart. George Lucas did the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very, very Disney. If you look at all the behind the scenes on Frozen or Encanto or whatever, they they get a group of directors, of Disney directors, and they come in and they share their thoughts. It's a collaboration and it's what makes it good. It's what where you can bounce off ideas and challenge each other. Um, and I think Dave Filoni and John Favreau are such a great team. Dave Filoni, for me, in my opinion, is the closest thing we have to George Lucas, just because he was like, you know, kind of his protege. He knows so much about the lore. He's created so much of of the lore. And Favreau is just fun. (laughs) Favreau is like, is like, is like us, like the fan, you know, Um, and they're just a wonderful, they're a wonderful duo. And I like that, that they're all kind of helping, helping the Star Wars stew come together. I really yeah. T- yeah, I really took some time to read the Art of Mando 2 book after even off air, Joseph, you had you had pointed some out and I was like, oh, I haven't read that yet. And I, I sat down tonight and, and and had the worst salad in my life and, and read this book. And there's some <laughs> fascinating things from just Favreau. Favreau is a creator and Favreau is a guy who's who doesn't have a handle on every lore detail, but is in fact kind of the other way is like, I just want to write the stories I want to tell. Mm-hmm. Dave kind of comes in here and I pitch it off him and he lets me do that. I mean, he was talking about the Mando uh, helmets off, helmets on type of situation. And I kind of kind of like that. And it would make some sense as a creator that uh, this would happen. You know, Joseph, Joseph. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it also that part of this article actually really uh, connects with the EW article with the, you know, direct quotes like this yeah, yeah. direct quote from from Kennedy uh, about Vader 
where she says the debate around whether we should do that or not carried on for quite some time. Kennedy reveals mm. everybody within our creative team has strong opinions and all of our fans have strong opinions. <laughs> so when you realize that you're under that level of scrutiny, certainly a story point like that is going to be scrutinized at a very high level. We talk about it constantly. So on one hand, in, in the Hollywood Reporter article, it's kind of being said, like, can you believe they talked about this? <laughs> yes. Uh, or, yeah. it, I guess it, that's not fair. The Hollywood Reporter isn't framing it that way. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a risk that that readers might take it that way. But then mm -hmm. in this EW article, that is a direct quote <laughs> from Kathleen Kennedy. She's saying, of course, especially on big things of to Vader or not to Vader, we all weigh in and we all think about it and talk about it. Right. It even goes to the design thing we were talking about earlier. The the size of your villain's uh, cranium is <laughs> is not just going to be, ah, I'll throw it up there and we'll see what happens there. Particularly with a little Darth Vader character there. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And and, and again, I, we can, you could have the debate of things you do like or don't like about Kathleen Kennedy's Star Wars tenure. I, uh, that's fine. I just still think I love that she is up there going, all right, yep, shut it down. Let's figure yeah. out how to do this and how to move mm -hmm. forward. I, that's what I would want in a, in a boss who's leading me through a, a, a tense, high stakes creative process. Absolutely. Yeah. Final thing here, coming out of those conversations, Deborah Chow, and essentially you could say Joby Harold, were reportedly encouraged, uh, specifically, I think she said by Favreau and Filoni, but I'm sure Kathleen and a lot of people in the office are saying it, to go bigger. That, hey, we, okay, we like your story. All right. Even if Ray Park's sitting on the set, don't worry about Ray. We'll get him a car home. He'll be fine. Go <laughs> no. bigger. I love that. It's keeping in line with, with George Lucas. This thing, Joseph, you, you've talked about recently of, of why not is the spirit of creativity that goes around a lot of Star Wars things, whether we initially as fans agree with those answers to that question of why not. And Favreau's got that too. Filoni's got that. Deborah Chow's got an extensive resume. She knows how to put together shows and direct episodes and direct the hell out of scenes. She's going to ask this question. But I like that they gave her, they empowered her and, and the creative team to go bigger. But what does go bigger mean to us, Jennifer? For me, it like what the trailer reads, right? It just looks like it looks like a movie to me. It mm. looks um, going bigger. We're not we're not just stuck on Tatooine, which is honestly kind of what I always thought the the movie was mm -hmm. going to be. Which is why it, I was never really that. I was like, all right, it sounds cool. Yeah. I like you, McGregor. But now it's like, oh, this is going to be it's going to be epic, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not just like in slang terms, but it is going to be epic. <laughs> um, and I think it means visually, I think it means tonally, I think it means obviously bringing Darth Vader. It's all these things. And I'm so glad that they told her, no, think big, whatever yeah. you, whatever you can dream up, go for it. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Kenobi at the campfire though. We love those Co Kenobi campfire moments. And I hope we get a lot of them. Uh, uh, Joseph uh, going big, man. What does it mean to you in this story? Yeah, I, I think it is about that spirit of of why not, of don't hold yourself back. Analyze it uh, like they're talking about doing it and question it, but don't feel like, ooh, that that's too that that idea is, is up on a uh, on a shelf and I can't uh, touch mm -hmm. it. I can't, you know, uh, uh, play with it and take it out of the package, you know, and mm -hmm. I feel like. Yeah, you, you could absolutely do a story uh, where Obi-Wan has a quiet adventure on Tatooine and he, he saves Luke from something and he comes to this place of peace. But if you're doing that story and going, we, we, he can't go off the planet though, right? And he, can't, he can't face Vader again. You know, for me, creatively, the question is, okay, if the story we're telling is 
what does Obi-Wan have to face to come to a place of peace and hope? Uh, the answer is Vader, right? Mm-hmm. Just like kind of the answer is who, who would answer the call of Grogu at this time? Well, Luke Skywalker would. So let's not be afraid of that. If right. what Obi-Wan has to do is face his, his fear to come to a place of peace, the answer is Vader symbolically so why not go bigger why not make it literal and i know a a lot of fans are still wrestling with this and i have respect for that there's that line in the new hope of when i left you i was but the learner now i am the master uh for me i think that line can really be interpreted as is vader saying when i left the jedi order to become a sith Mm -hmm. um so uh, for me it works but also even if it was that one line kind of holding you back Let's get back to the spirit of George Lucas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does anyone really think George Lucas wouldn't have gone bigger? George Lucas, yes. who said Padme died before Leia was born. I don't care about that line. George Lucas, who said, I know I cut Darth Maul in half and then gave interviews and told people I did it to make sure you know he was dead. I changed my mind. Bring him back. I don't care how. You know what? Screw it. Anakin Skywalker built 3P, 3PO out of old droid parts. I don't care this is the story I want to tell. Yeah. This is following the spirit of George Lucas, in, in my opinion. It, if it feels right for the story, take the figures out of the package and play with them. Love yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And it goes to some of the early criticisms I heard from from friends offline, off air, in person, text messages, whatever, of just like, why would they go back to the well with Kenobi? Why, why are we just going to sit around with this guy on the, in the desert? And, and I, I even then had the spirit of why not myself of like, why, why would you think it would just stop there? And if it does, they find a way to make that work. But why? There's no need to stop that there. No need to explore this character and these characters during this time. And, and of all these things, this article made me a little grumpy today. And that's not even the article. It's maybe just that thing we talk about of being pre-defensive to discourse some of these, some of these <laughs> days. But uh, even uh, that negative feeling I had uh, today, it ended with hope because I'm more excited. And that was going to be my final question to all, this is, uh, to all of us. Does this make us even more excited? I, I, I think the answer has got to be yes, because it's going bigger. I'm excited. Jen, are you excited? I'm so excited. I had no expectations. I had, I don't want to say low expectations, but I am really, really excited. And this is a highly anticipated series. I didn't think they could top Book of Boba Fett, but here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Joseph, I I think you might be excited about some Kenobi content. Uh, In my shortest answer ever on Force Center, yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, that is a look at the Star Wars news. We're not quite out of here yet, but uh, don't worry. I'm sure you've uh, you out there have got your own thoughts and opinions. We're always open to it. There, uh, just uh, you know, check the check the manner in which you uh, question things is big for me now here too. Uh, but uh, hey, I'm going to put down my imaginary hard seltzer and just be open to anything that comes after this episode is put out there. Let's close with some Star Wars history. Looking ahead to Star Wars past, we all saw it again for the first time on March 14th, 19. 97 of this week star wars episode 6 return of the jedi was finally re-released after a delay of seven days it grossed over 45 million dollars in this run to bring its domestic box office total to 309 million 306 uh uh, million 306 1177 dollars i'm so broke i can't read money anymore um (laughs) jen we uh joseph and i recently discussed our memories of seeing this re-release what are some of yours Oh my gosh. I remember when I was waiting in line in the Irvine Spectrum in Orange County and I was there and I had brought my Star Wars uh, Trivial Pursuit or whatever game 
Yeah. We were playing it. It was the first time where I really felt like I was around my people. And I, mm. I was just so, it was like a whole new world had been opened up to me. Like, wow, there's people that are obsessed with, with Star Wars like me. And there's so many, <laughs> there's so many of us. Um, and it gave me hope. I was like, Oh, you know, I'm stuck in orange County now, but maybe I can go beyond uh, to <laughs> Los Angeles. Um, no, but yeah. And then seeing, of course, in, in, on the big screen, it was magical. I cried. And then I was shocked when Latin neck was replaced uh, <laughs> with Jedi rocks. Uh, I was shocked when uh, Yub Nub was replaced with victory celebration, but I wasn't, angry mm. as I kind of went through, I went through an angry phase about that, but um, you know, it was a little surprising, but I, it didn't take away my joy. I loved yeah. it. Mm. I love that. I love that finding a sense of community when you thought it was uh, your own little secret that you had to keep. Uh, mm -hmm. That's powerful. That's powerful stuff here. Uh, great shared Jen on your memories there. We love that. And for all of us here, Joseph and I, and Jen as well, 25 years on, which is crazy to think uh, what is and what will be the legacy of this specific re-release return of the Jedi, the Joe Yauza, the little shop of Sarlacc, <laughs> all these things, the yub nub, the victory song, victory celebration, Joseph, uh, what, what's its true legacy? Answer this important question. I, I think uh, definitely the, the debates about those song uh, replacements will echo through uh, <laughs> all of Star Wars history uh, forever is uh, is sometimes a, a, a heartfelt and sometimes a little angry and sometimes fun conversations. You know, for me, the legacy and what I the change I love the most is. Uh, ending that film with the celebrations across the galaxy. It's mm -hmm. not just our heroes having their awesome Ewok party drumming on the helmets of their <laughs> fallen oppressors. It's the whole galaxy. The legacy for me is the statue of Palpatine coming down. Ooh, mm. ooh, I love that. I love that. The big picture. That could be some of it there. Jen, what's the legacy to you and, and, and what do you think it will be? Now looking back, George was right. He did the right he did the right thing by making those changes, by improving the quality, right? And adding, adding things in the background. It, he was right. And I was wrong. I am not a filmmaker. <laughs> I am not George Lucas. Um, and I've gotten past, you know, my, my gripes with Lefty Neck. And I do love Victory Celebration for exactly the same, mm -hmm. the same reason that you said, Joseph, with all those Im images. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. I think, and I think a lot of people feel that way. And some people don't even know that Jedi Rocks was added in. They just think, oh, yeah, that Joe, Joe Yowza, he's, he's a really a great singer. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Yeah, I think that's part of the legacy and the legacy overall of the special editions is what it did to uh, introduce Star Wars to a new generation. I think that special edition generation is the forgotten Star Wars generation. Uh, and that, that's, that's, a, that's, we had that a great interview with Billy Patterson on an episode of Spotlight Star Wars. That's the first time he fell in love with it. And then what you're saying too, Jen. And yeah, overall, yeah, I think to your point, Joseph, part of the legacy of Return of the Jedi is just going, yeah, this is this story is plugged into something even bigger than itself, a galaxy mm -hmm. that needed this victory. And I think that added to the story. So I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Take that, Palpatine statue. <laughs> take that, <laughs> Kerr Plunk. All right. A supersized news edition has wrapped up. We'll see what breaks when we release this episode. Uh, we uh, are out here uh, on the social media, and here's where you can find us at Force Center Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram and YouTube as well. We will be having more of those live Q&A shows. Uh, Jennifer, hopefully we get you to fire up your camera as well uh, as we did yeah. a little test show. Uh, our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can find the podcast on a lot of different spots, including ACAST. 
Podcast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. You can follow me at Catnapsock. Go to my website, catnapsock.com. Joseph, where can they go for you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out all my other comedy adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. Absolutely. Jen, close us out. Where can they find all your content? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Jennifer Landa. And I will have some new TikTok videos coming soon to talk about someone's big cranium uh, (laughs) at Jennifer Landa, 1138. Absolutely. And oh, you know, we also want to do the charity focus too. I'm sorry, Jen, did you have, I always, I told you to always have one ready and here I am, I skipped over it. I skipped over. What do you have? What do you have? No, today I'm spotlighting Public Counsel, a nonprofit law firm located in Los Angeles that is one of the nation's largest providers of pro bono legal service services. They work with uh, low-income communities, communities of color, and they work on a variety of issues from immigrant rights to homeless prevention um, to veterans' rights. And they just celebrated their 50th anniversary, and my husband works for them. So they are an organization that is very dear to my heart. They are an incredible team. My husband works in the communications department, but uh, they're they're just an incredible organization. I'm always Abs. in awe of the work that they do on the front great. lines. That's great. That's great. That's great. Uh, Joseph, a place for you. Yeah, I want to continue to highlight Vote Forward. It's an organization where you write a personal message to voters, letting them know uh, why you vote, why you think it's important, and encourage uh, people to use their power and go vote. If you are interested in writing some letters or learning more, you can go to their website, votefwd.org. Absolutely. Uh, I have been highlighting the uh, Global Giving uh, Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund at globalgiving.org slash projects slash Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund. Obviously, uh, just a lot of horrible things going on over there in my Ukrainian heart, my uh, grandmother from Kiev. Uh, it's very close to me. And uh, if you want to choose support, that's the place to do it. Thank you all for letting us do that. Thank you all for listening. And that's it for now. We got to go. Uh, we got to go to bed. All right. See everybody. <laughs> Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.